Hello. This is the No Contempt Podcast, the podcast that I started because I wanted to have a podcast before everybody has a podcast. Podcast. Kind of said that in a British way, sorry. Um, I said this in my trailer, but I don't know if everybody's going to hear my trailer, so I'm going to say it again. And I probably won't say this on every single podcast because it's kind of redundant if I do, but I will say it now. Um, the purpose of this podcast is to find new ways to see the value in uh, people, uh, not only yourself, but in everybody around you, and to inspire that mindset and to inspire value in people and to add value to people. And there's three basic things that I want to leave you with after you've done, you've finished listening to this podcast. Number one, God loves you. If you didn't already know that, now you do, and you can't say that you don't. Number two, Jesus paid the absolute highest price in the universe for you. So if you ever thought that you were not valuable or you're not worth anything, then you're wrong because you literally are the most expensive item in the universe. And number three, you have a purpose on this earth, and I want to help inspire that purpose in you, if you will be so kind as to allow me to do so. So that is the heart and soul of this. I will be hitting a lot of different topics on this podcast, but that is what I will try to bring it back to every time, if I can. All right. That being said, today, on this very first podcast that I'm doing, what I really want to do is just give my testimony. Um, everybody has a story, everybody has a legacy and every story is different and it looks different and it's never going to be the same and it's not meant to be the same because every person is unique. And, uh, you know, some people have really wild testimonies and stories of how they came to know God and how they came to know Jesus and how they have gotten from where they were to where they are. And you hear some people, um, you know, are almost envious of the people who have the wild, crazy stories. Um, but really, one of the greatest testimonies you can have um, is to not have done a bunch of stupid things and not have, you know, screwed up your life in a bunch of crazy ways. That is not my story. I did do a bunch of stupid things, and I did screw my life up in many stupid ways. But thankfully, uh, the grace of God was not shorthanded. Um, in its reach to pull me out of that and bring me out of it. And so really just today for these few minutes, I just want to talk about my testimony, my story, and hopefully it speaks to you and you can get something out of it. And uh, what I want to relate it to is uh, how I believe the Lord showed me how every person is valuable and has diamonds and treasure on the inside of them, no matter where they are in life. And I believe that I am an example of that because I came out of kind of a very low spot in life and I've seen the Lord do some pretty amazing things. Uh, if you haven't figured it out already, I love Jesus and this is all about him. It's not just about me or my story. It's about how my story relates to him and what he's done with my life. Um, so let's go ahead and just clear that air uh, to begin with. But anyway, so... It all started when I was born, obviously. Well, technically it started before that, but we won't get into that. Um, but um, when I was little, um, at about six years old, um, my parents, um, they, they had some issues in their marriage that culminated to uh, my parents getting a divorce when I was about six years old, which is a lot of people's story. A lot of people have had that story. 
um, and can relate to that. Um, so no special pity for anybody, for me, um, for having that story. Uh, that's just what happened. Um, and as a result, um, I grew up mostly raised by my mom and my grandmother. Um, my dad was in my life on a limited basis, but unfortunately, um, just at the time, it just wasn't a consistent thing. And um, for the most part, I grew up raised by women and did not have a lot of strong male role models in my life. And um, that did affect me um, to a certain extent uh, for a season of my life. Um, I will not say that it still has an effect on me um, because I believe that no matter what you know, your past story is, um, God is so good and he is a heavenly father and he can replace and take that place in your life. And he has definitely done that in my life for sure. I mean, I can get into that more later on. Um, but as a result of that, um, I got into some pretty bad stuff at a, at a very young age because I was not closely supervised and my mom did the best that she knew to do with what she had. Um, and even to raise us in a, in a way that she thought was, was good and, uh, godly even. Um, but I was exposed to some pretty bad stuff at a very young age, um, got involved in some bad things, got around some bad people. And uh, that really affected me very negatively um, from the word go. Um, and without going to, into every detail about my entire childhood, basically by the time I was 14, my mom had gotten remarried, um, which I had a very hard time with. And it was very difficult for me to really accept and receive that. Um, but uh, when I was about 14, uh, I got to a point where I did not feel like I could live with my parents anymore. Um, not so much because of them, but more just because of me and the issues that I was dealing with. So my, they made the tough decision to send me down to live with my grandparents when I was about 14. And when I went down to Louisiana to live with them, um, I actually was going to a Christian school at the time, but, um, Christian was more part of the title and not so much a part of the student body. And I ended up getting into drugs, um, at that time and uh, pretty, pretty mild stuff at first, um, you know, marijuana and things of that nature. But um, it still took root in me at a very young age. And at this point, I was raised in a Christian home, but I had really walked away from it and really decided that it wasn't for me, that I was not convinced of it, and that it was just kind of a silly, um, you know, thing that people clung to um, because they, they didn't know how to explain, um, you know, uh, different things. Um, so basically, um, in the midst of that, um, I'm sitting here claiming to be an atheist and, um, I'm getting into drugs and basically just went on a path that led to n nothing but selfishness and, uh, no vision, no goals in my life other than just to please myself and just to do what I wanted to do. And, um, it kind of only got worse from there and it all culminated um, again, uh, to the point that when I was about 16, um, I ran away from my grandparents' house. Um, and if, if you're, you know, it, that just goes to show it wasn't really my parents or my grandparents' fault, really. It was really me, because um, no matter who I went with, I seemed to kind of always go back to doing that. Um, but one time, this is kind of a funny story, actually. Um, I ran away from my grandparents' house, and, you know, I was fully equipped with my sleeveless slipknot shirt and my bead necklace, and, you know, I was, uh, I was a tough little, little cookie, um, I was a tough little Fig Newton, for sure, you know, at least I thought so, 
and uh, a cop pulled up and, and he, you know, they had been looking for me and he pulls up to me and he's like, Hey buddy. And I was like, Hey, you know, kind of, you know, I had to make my voice deeper, you know, cause I was just hitting puberty. Um, and, uh, he said, Hey, uh, what's going on? And I was like, you know, I did, I'm just sick of my grandparents. And he's like, well, why don't you get in the car and we'll talk about it. And I was like, well, what if I don't want to get in the car? And, uh, he looked down at the ground and I'll never forget this. And in just like the kindest and just sweetest voice ever, he's like, well, that taser hurts like a son of a, and I won't tell you what he said, but you can use your imagination. Um, and, uh, so I got in the car, needless to say, I got in the car. Uh, religious people stopped judging me. I didn't say it. And I wasn't the one who said it anyway. It was the cop. Okay. Calm down. Um, but Um, anyway, so I ended up actually making a mistake of saying that I was suicidal, which I really wasn't at the time. I I, I wanted to live. Um, but I said that because I thought it was going to be a way out of, you know, whatever my situation was. And I ended up getting put in a psych ward for about three weeks. Um, and that was very, very dumb of me. Didn't leave the psychiatric unit of the hospital for three weeks. And when I did leave, I was sent to a boy's home in uh, Missouri um, and I was there for about 11 months and a lot of good things happened to me while I was there, but I still had not surrendered my life to the Lord. And, um, I was still claiming to be an atheist and I actually ended up meeting some people that I I ended up getting more involved in drugs, um, while I was there unbeknownst to the staff of this place. Um, and in during this time, I'll add this, my brother, had, um, he had won a malpractice lawsuit because he had had a surgery years before and the doctor, um, accidentally injured him during that surgery. So he had won a hundred thousand dollars and he, when he was 18, he, he got a hundred thousand dollars and he moved to Louisiana and he started just partying it up. Um, he, you know, rented an apartment and people would come over and just crash and get high and do all kinds of stuff at his apartment. And he had all this money, so people would take advantage of him, and because they knew he had this money. And he used to he used to buy people cars when he was high and not even remember it. And it was just crazy. But I kind of made up my mind. I had an opportunity while I was at this boys' home that I could have um, finished high school. I could have you know started you know doing some good things with my life. Um, but I basically made up my mind that I didn't care about that. Um, I decided I didn't care about graduating high school. And as soon as I turned 17, I left and went down to Louisiana to be with my brother. Um, and that's an interesting story in itself. You know, when I, when I, uh, I was about to leave to go down to Louisiana and I went to a prayer meeting with my mom in Missouri and there was a lady there who was, you know, basically trying to talk to me about the gospel. And I was just being very, you know, indignant and, you know, not having it kind of thing. And, um, my mom, um, made a deal with me and she said, Ben, I will drive you to the bus station to go down to Louisiana. Um, if you will, uh, if you will go to this prayer meeting, I will, I will drive you to the bus station. If you'll just go to this prayer meeting. Um, so I did, and I didn't really, you know, resonate with me, nothing about it. You know, I, I made fun of it the whole time. I didn't think anything about it. Um, but it is interesting that, that during that time, I believe that there were some seeds planted in my heart that came up later. And so my mom was faithful to her word. She drove me to the bus station and, uh, she, she made another deal with me. My mom's great about making deals. Uh, she said, will you, will you promise me to please just come back up after two months? And, uh, and I was like, fine, I'll come back up in two months. 
So for two months, I went down to Louisiana, and and this is just a little story, side story here. While I was in the bus station uh, in Joplin, Missouri, about to go down to Louisiana, um, I uh, I bought some Xanax from a guy in a bus station. Um, uh, cops, if you're listening to this, this statute of limitations has run out. Um, I, this is not a confession, you know, just... You know, this is just a story as far as you're concerned, so you can't put me in jail. Um, I'm not sure it even works like that anyway, so. But anyway, I bought some these pills from this guy in a bus station, and uh, um, I didn't know what they were. I, you know, I, I found out later they were Xanax, um, but I didn't know anything about them and what they did, and so I took all five of them um, right before I got on my bus, and the last thing I remember is falling asleep on my first bus. And I had two bus transfers during that whole trip, and I don't remember either one of them. Um, all I know is somehow I showed up in Louisiana the next day, and my grandmother picked me up, which was just the mercy of God, because I, I literally don't remember anything about that. And I could have ended up anywhere in the country, you know. And there's a lot of people that go missing every day. So God was looking out for me. Um, and, uh, so I spent two months down to Louisiana and I, I got super heavy into drugs and, and particularly a certain kind of psychedelic drug and, um, some really crazy things happened during that time. And, uh, I, uh, I, you know, really went hard and, and I would mix all kinds of drugs and I would just trip as hard as I could. And, uh, that's all I really cared about doing. And, uh, at the time, Um, my brother was down there with me and we were doing that together. But what I didn't know is that my mom was still praying for me and she and my sister never gave up praying for me. And, uh, so, um, I had some really interesting experiences even when I was high and I was on these drugs and, and I was experiencing all these weird things. And particularly one night, um, I remember out of nowhere, I just started thinking about Jesus (laughs) <laughs> and before this, I had claimed to be an atheist and I, you know, I didn't want anything to do with Christianity. But I remember this one particular night, I just kept thinking about Jesus. And I remember telling my brother, I was like, dude, like Jesus was such a cool guy. Like, uh, you know, like, I don't know if he was like the son of God, but like, he was so cool. Like everything he said was like so cool. And I don't know that I actually talked like that. I'm just doing the dumb Southern California voice. No offense to Californians. Um, just because that's what I'm picturing in my mind, how I was talking. But I was like, Jesus is just so cool, man. I was like, you know, I don't know what it is about Jesus, but I really like want to know more about Jesus. And uh, it's very interesting um, that it was during that time that I, I opened up to that. Well, my mom calls me two months later. She's like, hey, Ben, remember how you promised you were going to come back up after two months? And at first I was like, uh, yeah, I know I said that, but you know, and I almost didn't, but um, my mom finally talked me into moving back up to Missouri, at least for a little bit. But see, I had a lip ring, and I really liked this lip ring, and, and I had had my friend pierce my lip for me, and I had a lip ring that I really liked. And my grandparents told me, you can ride with us up to Missouri, but you got to take your lip ring out. And I was like, oh, man. So I took my lip ring out, rode up with them, get to my mom's house, try to put my lip ring back in and it won't go back in. It closed up while I'd taken it out. I was like, really? And so I was mad about that, but it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. Um, and it's probably a good thing that my lip ring closed up. No offense to you. If you have a lip ring, there's nothing wrong with lip rings. I, you know, that's, they're great, but mine was not done safely or, you know, uh, hell in a healthy way at all. So it was probably for the best, but 
Anyway, so when I got back to Missouri, I, I continued to get high. I continued to do drugs for quite some time. But there was something that was different, and that was an openness to spiritual things and to the Lord because I actually had some very spiritual experiences. And anybody who's ever done psychedelic drugs knows that um, you become aware that there is another realm. <laughs> and even though some of these things are chemicals in your brain, um, there is more going on than just chemicals in your brain when you're doing drugs. I, I believe you are opening yourself up to spiritual influences during those times. And that's why a lot of people use drugs during different kinds of, you know, Eastern religion and stuff, use those things for worship and things of that nature, because they really do open you up to spiritual things, but not to God. And there's a lot of spiritual things that have nothing to do with God. Um, anyway, so one night I had taken this particularly large amount of drugs and I was, I, I remember that I felt like I was going to die. And I felt like my body was in so much pain and I was just in mental torment and just having what I would call a hell trip. Just, just felt like I was in hell. And I remember right in the middle of that, I, I the only thing I knew to do was to cry out um, for Jesus and, and call on the blood of Jesus specifically. And, uh, when I did that, it's like the moment I did that, it's like, I felt something like touch the top of my head, like warm honey and just kind of run all over my body. And it's like, for the first time, um, I felt the Holy spirit just kind of get in the bed with me. And, and it was just like the most peaceful, comforting presence I'd ever felt in my life. And I knew it was God. I knew it was the Holy spirit. And it just totally erased all the fear, all of the panic, all of the pain. And it's like I was all of a sudden I was just at complete peace. And I, I would I would experience this from time to time that while I was high, I would somebody would pray for me or I'd listen to worship music. And it's like the anointing would cause me to be sober. It's like the anointing would clear my mind and all of a sudden, like I was high and tripping and, and all of a sudden it's like I would start thinking clearly, like just for a few minutes because of the anointing. And that's the effect that the presence of God has on, on the mind and on the soul. And it's an amazing thing. But uh, after that, um, I ended up going to a youth rally and uh, getting saved and, and giving my life back to the Lord at this youth rally in, in Branson, Missouri. But all that to, to say that I've, I came from a very low place. Um, there were times when I was on the street, um, just staying out all night high, not because I didn't have a place to stay, but because, you know, I just was being wild and weird. And essentially, I would just, just stay on the street for nights at a time just so I could get high and stay out all night and do all kinds of crazy stuff and just a wild kid. Um, but right in the middle of that, you know, the thing that drew me to God was not, um, you know, it, it wasn't any principles or rules or anything like that. It was just the presence of God. And there was something about the presence of God that just drew me in because really it was greater than any, any, uh, high I had ever experienced on drugs. And right now, as I'm recording this, it's April 11th. And I know we got 420 it's coming up pretty soon. And um, you know, most people know that that is the national weed holiday when everybody gets high. Um, but man, if I can just say this to you, if you're somebody listening to this and you like to get high on 420, well, I've, I've smoked everything there is to smoke just about. 
Um, I've sailed the high seas of serotonin and, uh, you know, I used to be what I call an endorphin explorer. You know, I would just go after the, the biggest and most potent high that I could. And I can tell you this, there's nothing like the presence of God. Um, Psalm 16 uh, verse 11 says that in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And there's nothing like the presence of God. Um, but I had a really, you know, I had a lot of things that were not, you know, still in my life that weren't perfect. And it, it took me really pursuing God and pursuing Jesus. And it's like one by one, those things begin to fall off of me and be stripped away off of me. Um, until finally I was free from the drugs and, and free from the addictions. Um, but it, it, it did help me to see something from the place that God brought me out of. I did realize that, you know, um, God loves everybody and no matter where you're at, no matter where you've come out of, if you're a drug addict, if you're a sex addict even, or if you're, uh, if you're something is whatever you're dealing with or, or you, you have anger problems or, or you, you know, you feel like you're at the bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like things are too late for them or they've missed their boat or they're just too far gone to be redeemed. Um, man, if God could redeem me from where I was, uh, I was literally like a crazy person, like not because I was literally crazy, but because I was always doing drugs and I just couldn't hardly even carry on a conversation with people a lot of times. And yet God brought people into my life that really showed me the love of God and spoke life over me and spoke, um, you know, encouragement over me and saw the potential and saw the good in me, even when it was not evident on the outside. So a couple of things I just want to say from that short little testimony of my story. And now let me just give you some reference. Um, you know, I've, I've been clean and off of drugs for, um, the better part of eight years. Um, I haven't gotten high or drunk since, um, I have been, um, you know, involved in my church and in ministry for um, a while, not as an ordained minister at this time, but just as a serving in different ministries and things of that nature. Um, and I've, I've had some really cool opportunities, um, but um, I love God and the, uh, I'm pursuing God with everything that I am. Um, and I'm healthy, I'm strong, and the Lord has done so many awesome things in my life and he gets all the glory for that. Um, but the point is that God had brought me from a very low place and has really, uh, brought me out of, of the dunghill as, as the scriptures put it. And so the two things that I want to emphasize today in this little podcast about my testimony is that no matter where you are right now, um, you are not too far gone. God can bring you out of it. Um, I don't care how late it seems or how bad you've messed up. Um, there's no deep so, I'm sorry, excuse me, there's no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. And that is a quote from Corey Tim Boom. Um, if you don't know who she is, look her up. She's got an amazing story. Um, but uh, it doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing or what you've done. Um, his grace can reach you and pull you out if you'll just respond to it, if you'll surrender to it, and if you'll um, bow to bow your knee to the Lord Jesus and ask him to, to forgive you and to help you. And uh, he is quick to run to your rescue and to do it. The second thing I want to say is if you have people in your life um, who seem like they're too far gone or seem like they're a lost cause or they're not worth um, you know, believing for, they're not worth praying for, they're not worth loving, they're not worth um, having a relationship with. Well, sometimes you have to distance yourself from people temporarily um, for their sake and for their benefit. 
and for your own safety at times as well. But what I do want to emphasize to you is no matter how far gone somebody is, um, they're not too far gone for God. And I want to encourage you to see the value in them and see them as God sees them. And if you're a Christian, um, pray for them and don't stop praying for them because God has not given up on them just like he hasn't given up on you and he hasn't given up on me. So um, we all have value. We all have a purpose. And even though some people don't choose to walk in that purpose, um, that's for God to judge people, um, not us. And so, yeah, I just want to encourage you today uh, to get rid of all contempt for your fellow man, your fellow woman. And uh, there are some people in this world who have done some really bad things and they have to they have to um, endure, have to deal with the consequences of those things. And that's justice and that's right. Um, but one of the most important things you'll ever find in this life is the balance between justice and mercy. Um, so you are not too far gone and uh, nobody is too far gone for the grace of God. So um, in the last couple of minutes or seconds really of this, I just want to remind you, God loves you. Jesus paid the highest price for you and you are valuable and you have a purpose. So Anyway, this has been the No Contempt Podcast. I hope you got something out of it, and I'm going to be doing some more of these soon, so keep your ears tuned, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll see you on the other side. Bye-bye.